I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Hold on, I just got to say something right quick. I saw Nicole over here popping her head to the beat. Did you see that shit? Did you see I'm her sorry, trying to I'm be cute? Nicole's chocolate <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, fam, it's, it's not Doritos. It's the chocolate chip cookies. It's now. a good song. It's a cute song, isn't it? Make sure By the way, he's making me a ska version of it. Shut up. Yes, we've been working on it all week, so he's still just tweaking a couple of things. Hopefully, oh, awesome. hopefully by next week we'll have it. Scott yeah. music, Scott music is album. my favorite. Okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> we got about five of them, look. <clears throat> this is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, awesome. <laughs> so you guys know how we do it on The Rant Room. On this show, <laughs> we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, mm-hmm. stories, craft. Yes. And you know what my favorite thing is? What? Shit like that. Shit like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> So she like that. I like I'm it. I'm so sorry. These cookies are so good. You hear her? I'm so sorry. Just all up on I'm a so damn glad microphone. You like that. No, no. <laughs> Shout out real quick. All right. Go ahead. Saturday Night Sci Fi last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trash talking about me and my Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> This week it's fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so yes. delicious. All right, I'm trying to eat the whole bag. But hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Mm-hmm. Things are good. Mm-hmm. It's busy, you know. You're always busy. So busy. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's what creative artists are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm always so proud of you. So 2016 is going to be our year again. Every year is our year. It is going to be. But it is yeah, going to be. Popping, popping. It is going to be. Can I do a quick clap back? <clears throat> go ahead. Quick? Oh, boy. She fits so, it. You got to tell, tell the people, it's been a minute since you did a clap back. It's been a minute. So those of you who don't know what Lisa's <laughs> clap back is, basically something might be going on in entertainment, in the mm-hmm. industry, a film, or just somebody get my nerves and say something really ridiculous. <laughs> and I feel the need that I need to say something to them. Okay, get in there. But you know how sometimes when black people get excited about something, <laughs> and we don't really want to punch you yet, <laughs> but we feel it coming, we do the clap back, all right? The hands start moving. They do. All right? Uh-huh. So it's not a negative clap back. But um, I'm not going to mention no names, even though I was I had pitched a tent inside his timeline on Twitter. <laughs> One of the executive producers of Into the Badlands. Oh, uh, I love that show. That is my show. Oh, I love that show. Daniel, have you seen it, Nicole? I have not Daniel, seen it. Oh fucking, God. it's on the list. My husband, even oh. though he's married and got a family, but in my head, <laughs> he is sexy. He's not my type, but in he's my sexy. Head, he is okay. sexy as hell. He is sexy, and I love the show. I yes. love the characters. I love the women that are on there. They're mm-hmm. fierce. Um, they have a lot of agency. There's mm-hmm. a lot of kick-ass. It's the mm-hmm. stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's the executive producer's fault because it's not their fault for creating an awesome show. It really is. AMC needs to get on the ball yeah. and let me know that we get in a second season. So, AMC, this is really directed to Oh, they just to haven't you. told you yet. Um, I expect a second season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The way they left that fucking cliffhanger, you got to And have I'm just saying. So, AMC, you know, get the shit together. Mm-hmm. You can email me directly if you want. I, I won't tell nobody. I won't tell Just nobody. Just tell them you want to write in a Just show anyway. Just let me know. Right? You know. Let me know now that we're going to get a second season mm-hmm. so the stress in my heart can like leave. 
So I'm not worried about not being able to see Daniel Wu again. So I mm-hmm. need you to confirm this for me so that the rest of my life can well, be comfortable. <laughs> that is a good question. Then you notice it, Nicole. You're in the business. We'll introduce you in a moment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can just speak, bitch, speak. Just speak. So um, the interesting thing is some shows will do three or four episodes, and they're like, oh, we're bringing you back yes. next year. And some do a whole season be a hit, like into the badlands, and, put and they don't even stress. tell you yeah. until Give after upfront. All the stress. Did you, <clears throat> did you see? Uh, if you have looked at my Twitter the past few days, I have been on a rant about the fact that the final, what will probably be the final season of Person of Interest, is still not oh. on a goddamn schedule yet. Okay. And I'm like, excuse me, yes, where the hell is my show? <laughs> right. You left me. My poor, com- the machine is in a briefcase. Yes. And people are getting shot at, and yes. Elias might be dead. Uh, and yes. what the hell? And where is my show? Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. unfair. I mean, I think it's just disrespectful. <laughs> to the fans <laughs> when you hold our feelings hostage this way right? let us know that our, our life is going to be complete because mm-hmm. I need to prepare to mourn if it's not going to happen <laughs> let yes. me know and just on that note I just want to say this I'm not going to mention no names okay. but there was some talk on oh Twitterville boy. there were some executives and people saying that for some reason they think that Asian men can't really be cast for romantic leads or not seen as sexy. All okay, right? I think he's proven. So what I'm saying... Turn on into the band lad and see how hot it. this motherfucker is. Oh, no, I saw Okay, but this is what I'm saying. On Twitter, the crew, the Twitter crew, Black Girl mm-hmm. Nerds, um, Film Talker, uh, New York Film Fatale, and all of them, Lauren, all the... They did a thing called Asian Bay Watch, which is Asian B A E. Oh, Asian yeah. Bay Watch, right? Because I remember I retweeted yes. one of the pictures you had. And so basically, what we did is like fans were like, "Look," because we were, you know, in conjunction with, you know, we talk about Iron Fist and mm-hmm. the whole uh, controversy about we wanted to be an Asian male mm-hmm. actor, blah blah blah, sure. get rid of that white savior trope, you know, you know, mm-hmm. white right. people learning somebody's culture, mastering it better than the people who invented it, and then having a whole agency in the film. Yeah. So what we were just saying is we were like putting up pictures from actors all over the world who we thought and know for a fact are hot and sexy hot, and wonderful. Sexy, and this is what badass I realized. Actors this too. is what I yes. realized. Mm-hmm. They don't watch foreign films. Boom. They don't watch independent films. Mm-hmm. They don't watch anything outside of commercial films because mm-hmm. there are so many hot Asian guys and hot Asian women mm-hmm. who are bonafide like top actors in their field and I as a black person a Mm -hmm. black Indian I want to see these people Mm -hmm. too because I watch them like don't get me started and they're superstars in their own country country. Mm -hmm. and not only that but they're American Asian actors too who are just talented and are Mm -hmm. waiting and I don't get this this mindset of we don't find Asian people sexy or attractive or as romantically. <laughs> so we're going to oh put that God. to bed in 2016. Definitely. definitely. Okay, night-night on uh, that. Well, that's a good for clap. Right. That's a good clap. That's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> for real. But you see how, why we call it the rant, I room. do, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I fit, I'll fit right in. Exactly. Like, Go I've ahead, been, be like, yourself, girl. I was like, the other day, I was like, I mean, people's choice awards are what they are, right? Mm-hmm. But person of interest wins for favorite crime drama, and you still won't put it on the I'm like, I get it if it's the final 13. I will cry, but I get it. <laughs> when do I get it back? Because right. uh-huh. you have to prepare. Yeah. Yes. We have to prepare. Definitely. Totally. Mm-hmm. I have to like, okay, on this date, I will start grieving, and yes. by this date, it will be a mess yes. curled up in the corner. i got to have the wake. You know, I've got to get like, you, you know, know what's funny? You know what's funny? I felt that way when they started doing, I think, I, I don't know if Walking Dead was the first show. It was one of the first shows that started doing that split where they do oh, eight yeah. and then they do eight. Now mm-hmm. they do 10 and 10 or whatever. Yeah. And then you have to wait till fucking February to see it again or some shit. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's smart, though, because it makes you want to see it again. 
It's totally. I have to say, for the first time ever, I'm I'm super appreciative of that with mm-hmm. Agents of Shield, which is my jam, oh, yeah, okay. and I love it. But they ripped my heart out this year, and I was like, I might need a three month break. <laughs> I really. Is that the show I, Brandon's on? Is that Agents of Shield? Uh, no, he's on uh, Agent Carter. Yeah, Agent Carter. Okay, somewhat agent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I Blair Underwood and Ming Na Wen killed me, and mm-hmm. I need some time to recover yeah. before we come back, and yeah. and they start to torture me all over again. Yeah. But I will be like racing to the television that night. Like, okay, it's finally back. It's finally back. I know. <laughs> For 12 hours. So get it together. Our favorite TV show. Stop holding our emotions hostage. Right. <laughs> you know, if you're going to break up with us, let us know. Exactly. You know, don't be giving these little size subtweet breakups. You know? Subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They were all like, person of interest, will, it'll be on sometime this year. I'm like, what? <laughs> It'll be enough. a mid-season replacement that's, that's or some shit. Right. Look, that is not right. That's, that's not right. <clears throat> so you guys hear her. That's Lisa Bolakaja, and you guys also hear my new girl, my home team over here, <laughs> Nicole Levy. Levy, Levi, Levy, Levy, Levy. Mm-hmm. Levy. Yes. Okay. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> I get it all, believe okay. me. Between that name spelling mm-hmm. and the Levy Levy Levi. How, how do you spell your last name? It's my, well, my first name. Okay. Because it's Nicole, but it's spelled nice, Olay. So it has an E in there. There's an extra E. Throws uh-huh. people Two all E's. the time. Gotcha. Okay. Because my mom is from New Orleans and okay. my great grandma. Oh, you Creole, huh? Yes. Oh, okay. Just like you. Right. My great grandma picked that spelling. And then I had a chiropractor here in LA who was from France who told me it is actually the antique French spelling of mm-hmm. Nicole. Really? And I was like, well, so they didn't just make it up? Okay. Because I thought for sure they did it just yeah, You thought mom was yeah. like... No. <laughs> you know, that, that extra black people creativeness. Uh-huh. Yes. You know. like, no, no, it's legitimate. You want me to have to spell my name for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Exactly. But it's great because people always notice it. So, mm-hmm. it stands out. you know, when it turns out you're going to put your name on stuff for a living. Right. It worked out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. worked out. Right. So you guys here, that's nice Soleil. I almost did it again. <laughs> See? Everybody does. That's Nicole do. Levy. <laughs> Somehow nice I locked in nice Olay. I don't know it's why. Everybody does. When I started on, I, I think I heard you say year. it on Mick yeah. Court show, and somehow it locked in my head that that's what he it said. It does. On Allegiance, they were all like, "You know, that's how we're going to call you, right?" And I was like, "You'll get tired of it before I do, because I'm used to it. It just rolls right past me. I respond to it. It's fine." Exactly. <laughs> so we got my girl here, writer. Uh, what else do you do besides writing? Um, so with uh, Baker, can we call you that? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. a bake. Uh, I watch a lot of football. Oh, I good. Buy football shoes. Uh, <laughs> you don't know, the, you know who you're dealing with over here with the shoes, girl. Uh, I am the world's greatest aunt. That is my job in oh, life. Cute. That's cute. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, and I right. watch a lot of TV. I good. actually. Um, <laughs> famously started, you know, because we love to procrastinate as writers, mm-hmm. right? We find all kind of ways to procrastinate. But we're studying, though, when we're, we're watching yeah, TV. Yeah, we're studying. Right? So as uh, a, air quotes. As a, <laughs> studying. As a student of the history of television, yeah. I thought it would be really important for me to make a list of every TV show I had ever watched at least one full episode me? of. And um, I gotta know how many people, how many numbers are as of this past week, 980. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, when people want to start arguing with me about the greatest show in the history of television, I'm like, and how many have you seen? Uh, (laughs) Well, 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 with that note, what do you think on your list? The greatest show in the history of television. Hill Street Blues, without question. You know what? I may have to give that to you. Okay, yeah, that shows up. Because that actually changed the genre of cop shows and drama, cop drama, that kind of, of. 
type of show. Because yeah. I remember my mom, of course, you know, Hill Street, you know, Pittsburgh. My mom, I'm not this from there. So it was a big game changer in terms of what you could show on TV. So yeah. I may have to give you some kudos yeah. for that one. Yeah, even though, even though I'm more of a drama writer, I still think all in the family's the best show ever. Definitely for one me. of the greatest, yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. the, to put that kind of raw mm-hmm. honesty on television. I mean, I think that's why I feel that way about Hill Street too. Is okay, it was yeah. you had not really seen mm-hmm. that kind of realness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in characters. And the thing I think that's amazing about it, because of course I own the entire series on DVD, and <laughs> if you can ignore like the giant mobile phones and oh, some yeah. of the clothes, like <laughs> the storylines are terrifyingly relevant still. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the politics of a city versus a police department and cops trying to mm-hmm. make good decisions that, in a hard job. Was that and Jeff who was on the History Blues? Yeah, Jeff was mm-hmm. on That's History. right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, um, yeah, it's it, it it's almost heartbreaking how relevant the stories still are because you would hope we were a little bit past some mm-hmm. of that and yet no. Yeah. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, speaking yeah. of Jeff, I don't know if I told you, he, he came over here, we hung out, you know, a month or so ago. I introduced him to the lady who rents the spaces here at the lot. He got an office down the street, down the <gasps> Did hall. Did he really? He, he starts moved like, I think, next he week or something. He done moved on in. He moved on <laughs> 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 That's like not going to happen to every guest that comes in here. Next thing you know, uh, I'm going to get an office down the hall from you. <laughs> I've had like some other people, too. Like the hallway? Yeah. yeah. Hey, it'd be good. Let's fill it up. Because <laughs> uh, I leave my door wide open, and I do it intentionally. I meet producers coming all the time. Your office is so cool. Yeah. We just get, let me sit down, bitch. Can Let's I, get in the conversation. That's a policy for me on a show, is mm-hmm. I always have my door open mm-hmm. and like I know writers who are like no I need my door shut so I can work in quiet but the amount of things I have then been asked to pitch in on because my door Correct. is open and yep. my boss the EP comes walking by and is like hey do you know such and such and mm-hmm. I'm like I can find it for you mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. it makes you available and right. accessible mm-hmm. in a way right. just to have that door open yes, yes. definitely, definitely. Yes. Like that open door so let's tell the kids yes. a little bit about where you're from and how you got into the game Sure. So uh, I grew up in the middle of nowhere uh, <laughs> in the Mojave Desert here in California. Oh, okay. In a little Ooh, town. a desert, baby. Yes. Yes. A little town called Ridgecrest, oh, yeah. which is attached to China Lake Naval Weapons Center. Oh. My daddy was a Navy Military. Man, mm-hmm. And that's where he retired. Mm-hmm. And they decided that would be a great place to raise me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why. I am uh, much younger than my siblings. So oh, it was yeah. sort of like, well, we had this one late. We can raise her in one place. And I was like... Not here. Not here. <laughs> um, I lost. Uh-huh. So that's where I grew up. And I was addicted to television. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a latchkey kid because both my parents worked. So I, I would come too. home and turn the TV on. Mm-hmm. I still write to television now. And it trips people out. They don't understand Oh, I could do that in my sleep. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, as long as it's a show I've already watched, right. it's background. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I still do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I was going to be an actress. Really? I really did. I, I didn't really think of writing as she a She is an actress. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I thought that's what I was going to do. And we used to have this like pickup truck in our backyard. And I would go back there thinking nobody could see me. <laughs> and like act out stories in the uh-huh. bed of the truck. And like I'd have all my toys out as like my audience and oh, stuff yeah. from very young. Mm-hmm. And was obsessed with that. And that's so, you really saying that. You know what's funny? Because when you, guys when you so said much that, alike. like when you said that, <laughs> I, I thought immediately of my stepdad who owned his own uh, garage, you know, okay. mechanics garage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times he'd have people's cars that he was working on. And he had like the school bus that the company 
hadn't paid for it so he like I'm gonna keep this bitch okay. <laughs> so I would play in the, the cars and mm-hmm. my favorite was the school bus and I would act out I would be an actress but I would be acting in horror movies oh, so yeah. it'd be like the devil b-girl would be coming after me so Lisa hey, miss sci-fi you horror know what? I can feel that like the actress and acting and I would mm-hmm. do that stuff so when you saw that my eyes kind of lit up like I remember that totally. <laughs> see I was always like I was Wonder Woman Save uh-huh. the world oh, yeah. doing your little spin yes. yes I was Charlie's Angel wait wait did you Love sing the song while you were spinning totally Oh my God! Yes, of course. <laughs> the world's waiting yeah, for you. I like, and my parents were just like, "Oh no, what happened? Yes. Really? I don't know what we did. Did we drop her on her head? <laughs> this what is happened? all she ever wants to do and talk about is right. all this TV and movie stuff." Um, Quick question for you: You yeah. were saying you, you your mom was Creole. She from yeah. New Orleans. Yes. Did you did you ever spend any time there? Or did you? Um, just go I've there? been to visit several times. We didn't um, stay for any long periods, mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'm really excited to go back. I keep writing pilots set in New Orleans because oh, okay. I really nice. am like that's a perfect way to go yeah. spend some time. Yeah. That's how you do Lisa. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, can we somehow get it to New Orleans or somewhere down? <laughs> yes. Hey man, it's so production friendly. Why yes. not? And I'm yes. like, and it's in a great city with mm-hmm. all this history, and I still have family there. So okay. good. Keep yeah. trying to do that, and then um, I have. I'm not a big feature person, but I have this one feature that's designed entirely to be shot in my dad's hometown, which is Yazoo City, Mississippi. Shut up! What? (laughs) That means y'all related. Y'all related. (laughs) My grandparents are from Yazoo, Mississippi. Really? The Fouches, the Woods. We might be related, girl. Wow. Girl, I have to call my mama and be like, I think I met one of our cousins. About the notorious Levies from Yazoo City. Well, I have to we were, see, because a lot of the people down there, a lot of them who were light enough, they went and passed. So we right. lost a lot of our family members on the oh, Fouché okay. side because they were, I mean, a lot of them were French, white. But sure. some of them who had mixed and crossed over, they were light enough during those time periods to, to you know, pass True. and, like, disappear. Sure. So really? we might be related or see, know some same people. And our family's so mixed up, nobody liked us. That was the thing. Like, the first time we went to Yazoo City and my cousins <laughs> were like, all right, when you. we go into town, you stick with us. And I was like... All right, why? And it was like, because we, we ain't black enough for nobody. We yeah. ain't Native American enough, enough yes. for nobody. We ain't white enough for nobody because we got a Jewish last name because yeah. my grandfather True. was right. from Israel. Right. And, you know, we're Catholic. We're black and we're all kind of different Native Girl, Americans. The fact that you said, yeah, how, what are the chances of that? We're black <laughs> Mississippi. That's the truth. I'm going to have to look it up. That's the truth. There you go. That would be hilarious. So, oh no wonder. God. I think we are related because yeah, I, I act like that. Being a latchkey kid, watching lots. I remember, mm-hmm. too, watching lots of TV and just using Acting that in vehicles. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. We're, we're clearly family, okay. whether we know it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were doing that, thinking about, so what. So did you act in any plays or do anything? I did. Come out I, here? You know, I did theater and all that kind of stuff growing up. And then um, I decided uh, I wanted to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Oh, I'm okay. very okay. fixated on Take it. Take it seriously. Oh, yeah. Look at her. My parents, however, were like, no, you need to go to college. <laughs> For real college. I'm like, that yeah. is college. So, so, it's college wait, wait, college. No, no. <laughs> For real <laughs> college. <laughs> okay, math and science, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kept getting into colleges I then didn't go to. I got into San Diego State. I got That's into right. the University. In San yeah. Diego. Yeah. I moved to San Diego, didn't go to either school. Where'd you and live in San Diego? So you went to San Diego. Um, what did you do when you were down there? I was working, hanging out with friends. I had a sister who lived there who's oh, older okay. than me and okay. just, you know, sort of hung out and tried not to get into too much trouble. <laughs> right, right. And really was like, you want to go to LA. I know your parents keep saying no, mm-hmm. but that's where you need, that's to, where go. You need to go. Mm-hmm. And so I drove down here. I auditioned. I got into the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And oh, I yes. came and I went for a year. Mm-hmm. And I think the. It's an amazing experience to go through, and it's such a great program. And But what it did for me was taught me that I was a writer who could act yes. and not an actress who this could is write. exactly what happened okay. to me. 
Okay. <laughs> I was a working okay. actor for years. I was like, oh, I wrote this script. Because I was going to ask you that. Did you realize, hmm, I am better at this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you realize all the years of being an actor made you a better writer. Yeah, and that's definitely that. And I think it's an amazing skill to have, mm-hmm. to have performed and understand what it's like to interpret material and, mm-hmm. and go out and do Correct. that. I think it changes how you write things. But at the same time, it was also part of, it was sort of like a threefold thing. It was mm-hmm. that personal discovery about myself. It was having people be pretty real with me at that point and say, you know, you're never going to get to play a black woman in anything, <laughs> Right. And I was like, they said that, but I'm black. And but they, they were don't like, know, but you don't look you're black. You're not their imaginary yes. black friend that they think black people are. I am not. Are. And they yeah. were like, you're going to walk in a casting office mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we can get you cast as a Hispanic or like as a, a Hawaiian mm-hmm. or this and that, but you're never going to get to play a black person. And I was so like, well, then why the hell do I want to do that? Like uh, that, right. I don't want to not be who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it was also the realization of, cause you know, I mean, you're young and you're getting criticized constantly, mm-hmm. right? About like. I'm I'm sort of always been kind of middle of the road, so I'm not skinny and I'm not super big. <laughs> right, right. And so it was like you're too thin or you're not, you know, you're, you're not just, big enough. You know what? You're a quirky black girl. Yeah, and that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Yeah. That's our and favorite that was, yeah. type, isn't yeah. it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But at the time it felt like such a detriment. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. was Now you'd be working. Like, now yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. But um Pally who what? Exactly. <laughs> and and but what I realized was like all that criticism hurt me, right? It was mm-hmm. very personal about like what I looked like and what I sounded like and but I could write that those feelings mm-hmm. into a piece of material, and you could criticize that all day, and I'd right. be like, "All right, well, fine, that's your opinion. I'll take your notes. I won't take your notes, right. but I'm good." Right. And it wasn't like that soul-crushing personal attack to right. me. Right. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, because I understand, like, I can put my feelings into this and make it really personal, and mm-hmm. yet I can divorce myself mm-hmm. from." The fact that it's me. You're not mm-hmm. attacking me. Mm-hmm. You're saying this could be better. Mm-hmm. And and it was a big difference to me to realize that. Because I don't think as an actor... That's I a very mature state to, to be in at that yeah. age, too. Yeah, I mean... I you're that. only 20 now, so I don't know. You were like 16 <laughs> then, so... <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I realized, okay, I need to be a writer. And I decided finally to go to real college. Okay. And I wanted to go to USC. And my parents, parents were They were like, so happy. They were so happy. Except they were like, uh, you know, we can't pay for that. Right? And I'm like, I, I got you. So um, I put myself through college working as a police dispatcher. Really? <gasps> um, That's yes. an interesting technique. <laughs> oh no, I okay. bet you learned a bunch of stories in there. I did. And what was funny is I have cousins who are police officers in New Orleans. Okay. And uh, at the time, only one of them was. And he sort of off the cuff was like, I bet you'd be great at that. Hmm. And I was like, why? And he's like, because you're really good in a crisis. And, you know, my cousins had tried to kill me a fair amount of times. Really? And I was always very calm. <laughs> and then you're very calm. Um, they're trying to stab me. And uh, it's okay. They're hanging, hanging from down. some, like, yeah. life-threatening situation and uh, saying very calmly, could you please go get my daddy before I die so he can come pull me up and save me. Um, <laughs> I'll calm a shit, not screaming and crying. Exactly. Like, uh, I need you to help me. <laughs> not until yeah. later when it was for really good dramatic effect, right? When my dad could be looking at my cousins like, I'm going to kill you. Right? <laughs> right. So now that the baby is safe, I will kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I applied to a couple of different places and uh, the first place that hired was the suburb over by Pasadena, San Marino, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fluent community. Right. I'm like, oh, this will be great. Nothing bad's ever going to happen here. <laughs> I'll get like one call a night. Yeah. It turns out rich people kill each other too. They yes. just do it more dramatically. Uh-huh. Yeah. And very slick <laughs> and sophisticated with yes. the resources. They blame it on a maid and yeah. shit. Right? <laughs> Big and crazy and like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. So when things were like intense and bad, they were very intense and very bad. 
But it was also great because I was in an environment where there isn't a lot of like the nightly burglar calls and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So I was able to like, you know, do schoolwork and study and do all that. And I worked graveyard shift and mm -hmm. then I would get off in the morning and go to school. Okay. okay gotcha. And go straight to school, sleep right. for four hours, go back to work. Wow. And that was Can, can I just interrupt you really yeah. quick? That's the life. <clears throat> we always, Lisa and I always talk to our guests and our friends about the, the sometimes things that you've done in the past actually help you in the future. Mm -hmm. and, and like, if I were staffing a show and you came in and told me, you'd, I'd be like, oh, she's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just a great conversation piece. Yeah. It tells me a lot about you. Mm -hmm. So People I see that. why you keep getting staffed. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm sure it's on the page. But that is another reason people are curious about right. you, I'm sure. Right. You yeah, I mean? definitely. And the <laughs> other thing I think that's amazing about it is the perspective that it gave me okay. to take into the rest of my life, which mm -hmm. is, the words I said literally could make a difference in whether someone lived or died. Mm. And to have that kind of responsibility wow, when you're very power. young, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, it, it makes you understand the power of your words mm -hmm. so that then when you go through the rest of your life, like, you know, everything's important. Shows cost a fortune. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. But nobody, it, nobody's going to die. Yeah. No one's yeah. going to die yeah. if yeah. we're 15 minutes late True. because we had, you know, a computer glitch or whatever. So it's... I'm, I bring that perspective into the room, I think, which mm -hmm. people really appreciate, that mm -hmm. I don't panic when there's a crisis. I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, so how do we fix it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. How, how do we fix it? I'm very this? patient like that, too. I don't usually get stirred up. Yeah. Well, how long were yeah. you a dispatcher for? I was a dispatcher for four years. Mm -hmm. And um, basically what happened is um, I went to a, a training seminar um, <laughs> hilariously right after a critical incident I went to critical incident training and the teacher was like, why are you here? Like, <laughs> You seem to be an expert on this. Um, but they said in that seminar, four years is kind of the point where you either stay in dispatching for a career or you decide you've had really, it. Really? People make a career out of yeah, it? Yeah. There are people wow. who do it, you know, 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it, as calm as I can be through a crisis, I took that home with me. So I was just I about to ask you, how do you not that, take that home? Mm -hmm. You know, I built, I took a lot of that stress home with me, mm -hmm. especially yeah. when my officers were in danger or, you know, we knew that we lost a life we couldn't save, sure. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and so I realized like, this is going to be detrimental to mm -hmm. me at a certain point. Like I'm very good at it, but it's living with me. Mm -hmm. And while that's great for now, I can, you know, distance myself from that and use it in my sure. storytelling. At the time, it was starting to really take a toll. Mm -hmm. And so I decided it was time for me to move on. And I went to graduate school after that um, at USC as well. And I just, it's like the first opportunity I had to, like, work a couple of part-time jobs mm -hmm. and just, like, go to school. And it was amazing. Like, I had never been able to do that because mm -hmm. I was working full-time to support right. myself. Mm -hmm. So it was a very different experience those two years. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I graduated. <laughs> and what did you study in USC? Um, I was a creative writing undergrad, and then I did um, what sadly does not exist anymore, their <laughs> Master of Professional Writing program. Mm -hmm. Really? They don't have was, that at USC? They just graduated their final class, and so you have to go to the cinema school now to yeah. study oh, writing. Oh, okay, now. I see. Yeah. And um, what <laughs> happened was the reason I picked it was as much as I knew I wanted to write screenplays or mm -hmm. television – um, I also was writing short stories and mm -hmm. writing other stuff, and I didn't want to not do that. Mm -hmm. And that program wanted you to write everything. Like okay. I wrote the first draft of the play I ended up having produced mm -hmm. in that program, and you know it, it made me stretch my wings as a writer. Okay. And I was able to support myself off my two degrees for ten years while I then struggled okay. to try to catch a break in this business. Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Wow, that worked." Okay, out. wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> How many years? Ten. Ten, ten. years. Say it's ten okay. years, ten thousand hours. Yep. To, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, for those of you who think your first screenplay is going to change your life, mm -hmm. probably not. 
Probably not. <laughs> you probably got about ten years of work to do yeah. before someone goes. I will give this kid a break because we, we we had a uh, uh, my friend Bashir on. He just sold a pilot to um, was it USA Network or something, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's only been writing for like four years, and he's an actor. And um, so I was like, well, how in the world do you do like that? Ten thousand years, two thousand hours, ten thousand hours, and he said, well. He has a problem where he can't sleep. He gets like three or four hours of sleep a night. So he writes yeah. when we're sleeping. I was like, oh, you the bitch to watch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But probably, too, all his acting stuff contributes to his sure. writing, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. he still mm-hmm. did a lot more work than mm-hmm. some people and think they're going to have to do. And yes. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I came out of master professional writing and got, you know, a regular workaday job because my student loans were gigantic. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, and they and, want it now, don't they? Okay. <laughs> and a and knock knock. <laughs> totally. And uh, so there was a lot of like, oh crap, this is like I need a real job. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't get to do a lot of the stuff some of my friends were doing, which was mm-hmm. you know getting assistant jobs or getting mm-hmm. you know PA jobs because I had bills to pay. Like mm-hmm. that was not going to happen. And little assistant jobs do not pay that much. No. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I was like, well, what I can do is write. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna work this job and be really great at it because I don't know how to do a job half-ass mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna come home and write mm-hmm. and so I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and um you know I'm very much one of those stories where like it looked like something was gonna happen and mm-hmm. then it didn't um <laughs> okay we are the king and queen okay. of that shit. <laughs> yes. so like I had um you know several times had people refer me to agents who mm-hmm. were like yeah your stuff's great but we just don't want to represent it you know a new writer mm-hmm. and then um, my play got produced but then nothing really came out of it mm-hmm. and then I was a finalist for the Disney fellowship and then didn't make the last cut. oh my god so yeah. it was a lot of we have that. such a similar life. <laughs> And I think what happens then, right, because I kept writing and I had put all my focus at that point to TV. Like, Mm -hmm. I love television. And uh, there was a day where I was like, why are you writing movies? You Mm -hmm. love television. I did the same thing. Write television. Mm -hmm. So I became very focused on that, wrote some not very good specs and then Mm -hmm. started writing better ones Mm -hmm. and, you know, kept turning those out and entering all the fellowship programs. Mm -hmm. And really, other than that, Disney close call not getting anywhere. And I think what happens is... Was that one of your first scripts at that point that you'd written that yeah. got to yeah. Disney? Yeah, one of the first good ones, definitely. Okay. It, okay. Was, uh, it was a West Wing spec. Okay. And so it was like... That was a great spec mm. to do with it. It was like, you know, but it was like, okay, now I have to be this good all the time, right? Yes. That's, once you get there, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it has to always be this good. <laughs> and But then you keep applying and you keep not getting mm-hmm. back to that level. And you're like, well, crap, are they not good anymore? Like, sure. I don't know. Um, and I was really lucky. Um, uh, there's a, a woman, a fantastic writer named Joyce Burdett, okay. who uh, is a novelist, and she created Diagnosis Murder mm-hmm. and uh, gave the world Jack Burdett, who I think is one of the best comedy writers on the planet. So <laughs> thank you, Joyce. Um, but um, she, I had met her um, through one of my part-time gigs, where okay. which was at the Pilates studio where I also worked out, <laughs> that one of my best friends owns. And she had read my material and Joyce was like, you know what, you're going to do this. You just have to keep writing. Mm-hmm. And when I would start to to think I didn't want to do it, Joyce was the person who was like, no, I expect you to finish a spec to mm-hmm. enter in the fellowships. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Mm-hmm. And she really kept on me. And but at the same time, I started to get a little nervous. Hence the baking business. Mm-hmm came to be because make baking is the only other thing I'm really great at. Do you learn it from moms or what, um, the family thing? No, I just 
started my mom was a big like bake out of the box mm-hmm. baker and i was like i bet this could be better though and so i started just baking <laughs> she got to do it from scratch mm-hmm. she got to get real uh, eggs okay. and shit huh? and, <laughs> and so you know i'm self-taught i always tell people don't expect it to look fancy but it's mm-hmm. gonna taste really good yeah and um it just, I loved it. And I had joined Weight Watchers and mm-hmm. was like, I'm not going to give up dessert. So I need to be able to make dessert that I can count and okay. understand how mm-hmm. it fits into my day. Mm-hmm. And so it became such a passion for me that I was like, I could do this. Like, right. I will always write, but mm-hmm. I could do this mm-hmm. and like make a living at it and be happy. And um, I, at my day job, I used to do closed captioning for television. Oh, really? Was my day job, which if you're looking for a day job. How, do you, how does somebody get that? You know, you have to really, I mean, you just have to be able to type decently. You have mm-hmm. to have some. Because I'd be seeing a typo sometime when I've been I know, watching. I'm like, who is typing? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you should have some some decent grammar skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all depends on where you work, right? How mm-hmm. much they care about it. The place I worked was very like, you know, we want only the best people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I worked for a guy who was a little bit of a soul crusher. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I came home What's one night. Satan? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Satan? Certainly sometimes I thought he was. And um, I just felt like I was fighting all the time just for the right to do my job well, mm-hmm. which is a terrible position yeah. to be in, right? Yeah. Yes. And um, so it was really beating me down. And I came home and I had decided that year, like, I was not applying to any fellowships. Mm-hmm. I was just fed up. I was tired of it. I just wasn't going to do it. And I had a new spec done, but I still was like, I'm just not doing it. Yeah. And I came home and I cried myself to sleep. <laughs> and I woke up in the morning and my my dad had passed away at that point. Oh, and I, I say to people, like, I, you know, I can't say that it's his voice or anything, but I woke up with this overwhelming sense of my dad saying to me, you have to try one more time. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's real talk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like and it that. really, it, because I was, I was really ready to kind of give yeah. up i think and yeah. he was like no you're not giving up right. and so i got up that morning and i was like all right let me see if there's anything left i can apply for mm-hmm. for the only time ever that carol Kirshner can remember <laughs> the cbs program had pushed their deadline a month really? and i had two days to get wow. an application postmarked and in mm-hmm. the mail to the mm-hmm. CBS Writers Mentoring Program. Yeah. And I sent it and Love I got it. Oh, look at I that. Wanna, <laughs> by the way, Carol, we want to interview you, girl. Oh she will be She's so much fun. It's amazing that you had like this dark night of the soul moment. Yes. And then you right? get that thing. Because mm-hmm. I know I felt that way a couple years ago when you're like, same thing, you get close, you get these like meetings, mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not sure. And the mm-hmm. whole thing is when they don't know you. You know, even though it's on the page, yeah. they're like, well, we don't really know you, but mm-hmm. somebody else we know and trust and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And literally, I was like done. It's like, you know, I'm going back to my fiction writing. That <laughs> took off like crazy. Like crazy. And then I was like, let me just turn around and come back one mm-hmm. more again, you know. <laughs> one more time. But I understand because, you know, many of our listeners, I'm sure a lot of them are in that position, too, where you keep butting your head and trying mm-hmm. and you do everything you're supposed to be yep. doing. And then you just feel like it's just not going to happen for me. And then you just kind of like give up. And I know like, we've had friends of the years that oh, yeah. pack up and leave. I've got friends mm-hmm. that have gotten teaching jobs at universities yeah. and it's like for two pandemic. for every yes. ten. Yes. Yeah. Like totally. amazing writers. And it just it just things shouldn't come together yeah. and they've put in the work and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. But I'm glad dad came through was yes. like, look bitch, you're gonna have to get up. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't get raise off. I didn't raise any quitters. <laughs> I didn't raise exactly. no quitters. Get your ass in gear. And yeah, zoo people, Mississippi. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> we don't break. We bend, okay. we do not break. <laughs> and uh, but it's funny you say that because one of the first things that Carol talked about in the CBS program mm. is like, look, like longevity is about endurance. You 
you will make it in this business if you can take it and when persevere, it beats yes. you down yes. and you can't handle like you think you can't handle one more day. Mm -hmm. If you take that one more day and you get through it, chances are you're going to be fine. But mm -hmm. it's the people who give up on that right. that thing. Right. I always think about I'm going to interrupt you. I always mm -hmm. think about I hate to even give them credit, but somebody like a Trump, unfortunately, says one word of wisdom, which is and you guys probably have heard this, that most billionaires have lost their money at one point. If they get it back, they never lose it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because now they learned. They're right. like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> you know, it's sort of the same scenario. Right. right. Where Except you take him, a chance. Right. Hasn't he lost it more than once? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it wasn't even his money. His daddy's mama. It was daddy's, daddy's money. money but you know. he hasn't lost it in but, 25 years yeah, or something. Yeah, it's but. been a minute. <laughs> a minute. But yeah, so I think it's, you know, I tell people that uh, all the time now. It's like you just, you got to decide how much you can take mm -hmm. and then see if you can take a little bit more. Right. Sure. Because right. that little bit more sometimes makes the difference. Right. Sure. And sometimes it's just a shift. Like like I said, for me, it was like, it wasn't like quitting. It was like, well, let me focus my writing on something else that I enjoy too mm -hmm. that gives me pleasure, a lot of control. Still working that get, same and muscle. And still gives me same muscle and keeps mm -hmm. me creative. And then that just, like I said, just try to just... Yeah. Coming out rose and it's like, okay, I feel strong enough, I can come back and I'm I'm better than I was. Yeah. You know your I mean? your pros are so strong anyway, so your scripts already pop. So mm -hmm. the way you write your pros and then you go back to a script. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like Jeff Thorne. Yeah. I mean his yeah. pros are redonkous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Little bastard. <laughs> but no, I mean, it is. And I'm, I'm glad that you said that, that you do have these moments where you have to just like you just pull yourself up, and like I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going, mm -hmm. you know, because that breakthrough. What is it? I don't know what song it is. Uh, I don't know what the gospel singer is when he goes, you know, because your breakthrough <laughs> might come in the morning. Give yourself up. You know, like, All right, Pastor, let me just drag myself back up. <laughs> yes, it's That's for real right. because mm -hmm. I did, you know, I did the CBS program, and then the year after that, I did uh, Writers on the Verge at NBC. Yeah. Okay. Came out, you know, had an agent, had a manager, mm -hmm. and, you know, we can get into the specifics oh, definitely. of that. But uh -huh. just to, to piggyback off that, came out, I went on 20 meetings that year probably mm -hmm. and didn't get a job. Three, staffing, staffing. Staffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. times it was, it's between you and one other person uh. and every time the other person got it. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about it, like I, like Memorial Day weekend, I didn't get one job on Thursday mm -hmm. and then I didn't get one job on Friday. Mm -hmm. And so on Friday night after they called me, I was like, all right, you get to fall apart now. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. cried for hours. I mean, mm. I was so heartbroken. Yeah. And it was like, but the next day I woke up and I was like, okay, what can you do today mm -hmm. for yourself as mm -hmm. a writer? And I had had a friend who had had some success at the Austin Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I got a new pilot. Yeah. Let me send it off. And I actually was a finalist in the pilot competition that year and went to Austin and met all these new writers that yeah. I'm friends with now. Mm -hmm. and now so now like, that script has some weight on it. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like, you know, you just, it's like, yes, okay, this sucked. And you get to hurt and it, it's terrible. But don't be an asshole to anybody. Because mm -hmm. right. two of my friends got those jobs, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just pick yourself up. What's the next thing you can do? And yeah. the positive note on that is the fact that it's between you and one other person. Think of all the other people who didn't even get that far. Right. And at least you're on their radar. Like, sure. this girl's good. We're going to go with this person. Yeah. But, hey, that's another outlet. Yeah. That you can you're, on their, you're on their short on the list, radar. at least. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, you have to find all the positive you can out of it. But, you know, I tell people, like, I know I feel like sometimes I sound a little Pollyanna about like, you know, just be positive and you're only yeah. going to get the jobs you're meant to get and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's not to say that there aren't days where I'm not like <laughs> swearing like the sailor my daddy okay. was. Yes, and just be like, are you kidding me with uh, this okay. shit? Like, 
How did I not get that job? You know, whatever. You got to reach down to that Mississippi mojo, that New Orleans Creole stuff. Like, I need to put something on somebody. I need Mm -hmm. to put a root on somebody (laughs) right now. (laughs) But I'm like, but I put a a time limit on that shit. Like, I get today to be upset. And then tomorrow, Mm -hmm. I got to go back. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart. Because motherfuckers be depressed for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You just give yourself that time, pencil Mm -hmm. in, that show time, let it all out. And then. Get it back together. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to write anything good sitting in that mm-hmm. place. Like, I need to go write something else. So they're like, damn, we should have hired that girl. Uh-huh. Like, that yes, girl, you should have. That is the best revenge, like to flourish and be exactly. like, so you could have had me, uh-huh. but you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but we still friends. So let's talk yeah. about, um, so what was the first show you finally got on? How did that happen? Uh, so my first job was on Ironside. Okay. Over is that where you met Mick? Uh, yes, that's okay. how I met Mick, Mick Bettencourt. What's up, Mick? And hey, Mick, cake is better than pie. Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> yes, it is. We can fight in a little Food bit fight. too. Okay. Um, and basically, the thing about that, and this is where I tell people too, like I, I talk to a lot of baby writers who go through the programs, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how I came up and mm-hmm. I try to give back by talking to them. And people will, you know, people hate going on generals or like, you know, I just like, I just go in and I don't know all the shows this person works on and it's all this prep work and all this what whatever, right? What do you mean you right? don't know all the shows? But it, oh my God. IMDb, Dude. I mean, probe, and it's right. like, you exactly, can see every, right? you Google the bitch. You know, it's all that stuff, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I try to be real with people. Like the amount of times executives have said to me, like, it's so nice to talk to someone who actually knows what we do because mm-hmm. people will come in and be like, well, you know, I really only watch cable shows. Well, then what the hell are you doing in their office? I'm prepared. Come in there, know what these people do. Mm -hmm. They spend all day on that shit. It's Mm -hmm. important to them. And they spend an hour or two reading your script. Yeah. You know what I mean? So come in and be respectful of how these people spend their time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I tell people that, like, all of that stuff pays off for you. You have to look at all of it as you're building the tower to where you want to get, right? Because when I was up for Ironside... um, the only meeting I had was with Ken Sanzel, who was the showrunner. For really? Ironside so you went straight to the man. <laughs> everybody else involved in the project had already met me, already liked me, signed off on me. Uh, so the only person I had to go to was Ken. Mm-hmm. Because no, everyone was like, I just talked to Nicole. I don't need to talk to her again. Great. Mm-hmm. Because I had a general with them, or they mentored me in the NBC mm-hmm. program, or I met them because they came to speak at the NBC program mm-hmm. and I made an impression on them. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff pays off for you in the long run. So did you get that job through the program or did you get it after the program? I or? got it. it was sort of, I got it after the program because mm-hmm. I went that first year I came out of Writers on the Verge was the year I didn't staff. Okay. And so I went out and wrote, you know, wrote a new pilot and um, what you got a do. lot of great reads mm-hmm. off of it. And then ended up, I had a Skype meeting with Ken because he was still in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, well, you know, well, I'm probably going to make a decision in the next couple of days. And I was like, okay, great. And I had a lunch date scheduled with another writer to go mm-hmm. out and just, you know, talk and, and you know. It was a booty call. She lied. It was a booty call. <laughs> so we're at lunch at the restaurant and, you know, we're just chatting, chatting. And I'm very much a, like, I'm putting my phone away when I'm talking right. to mm-hmm. kind of person. Right. And so we were paying the bill and I, I was like, well, I should probably check my phone. And it had blown up. Really? Your and agent I was like, like, bitch, where are you? Karen, <laughs> uh, like Karen Horn and Julianne Cromit from uh-huh. NBC were calling me. My agent was calling. My manager was calling. And I was like, all right, either something really good happened or some really bad shit just went down. <laughs> I should probably find out what this is. Mm-hmm. So who did you call first? I called my agent. Okay. And because he was the last person who had called. And he got my manager on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, we got, because I had written them an email sort of recapping how the meeting went. 
And uh, they were like, you know, we talked to Ken and his feedback was kind of the same as yours. And it feels like it all went really well. And he just had this one question that he wanted us to ask you. because it's a really, he's like, it's a really hard question, but he needs an answer. And I was like, all right, what is it? And they were like, do you want to work on his show? Oh, you're going to make me cry, girl. And <laughs> I literally started crying in the restaurant. Oh, I love it. I Come mean, on, give me some, girl. Like, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got like goosebumps in my know. It's like all all those no's and finally somebody yes. said yes. yes. And yes. it was like, thank you, thank you, you, you thank persevered. You. And then I got to call my mom and be like, I have a job now yes. as a writer, writer. person. Yes. So enough with you in the, are you sure you don't want to go to law school? Exactly. Or are you sure you don't want to get a teaching <laughs> credential? Like, I am a grown-up writer. Wait, wait, did yes. you make a little photocopy of your first check? Like, it's legit? <laughs> TV show? Taking pictures. This is me on the set, mama. Exactly. I'm on the set, mama. Know, right? Yeah. Well, I, do, I did get a picture of Blair Underwood hugging me. Yes. Which she put on her mantle. I'm like, you know that looks like I'm like hanging out with my boyfriend, right? I don't think Mrs. Blair Underwood would appreciate that. But, um, That's my boy, Blair Underwood. He's so great. He's he such a cool so guy. awesome to mm-hmm. me. Like, really, really great guy. I'm trying to get him on the show. He's a cool cat. He should come on. I know. Blair, talking damn about, it. Talking about being a villain in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> oh, my God. Please, come yes. on. Um, so, yeah. So, that was my first gig. And, you know, I've been really lucky in that like you will hear all those terrible statistics right about women in writers rooms mm-hmm. people of color in writers mm-hmm. rooms i seem to keep getting hired by the like two percent of really? white male showrunners in this town who mm-hmm. don't do that <laughs> who are not the mm-hmm. i'm only gonna hire one person right. Mm-hmm. right so on Ironside, i walked into a room with not only three other women but three other black women oh, or, nice. or two other black women so okay. there were three of us total mm-hmm. uh-huh. and um could not have been more different as people, but like, mm-hmm. which is great, right? Mm-hmm. You can see like, there's not a stereotype. It's, we could you. not be more different. Thank mm-hmm. you. But all talented, all able to bring different things to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, we worked on that for f- four months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to go to set for my episode, which is episode nine. And uh, Mick was supervising me. He was okay. my co-EP on set. So he's the one who asked you to come. Yeah. See? <laughs> Okay, hold on, hold on. We got we we to interrupt this. So we were talking earlier about, I was telling her I was at this party last night with all these big EPs and whatever, and we got into a conversation. It was like literally me, Linnell, and like two like VP people. Like we were just having mm-hmm. this conversation. And then another, um, um, Deborah Pratt. You know, Deborah mm-hmm. Pratt, <clears throat> we all were having this conversation. And I was talking about how I brought up to um, Jeff Melvoin during the last episode that we did with him about how so many of these writers are coming in and how, like, when you go to the black community, there's, like, 50, 60 of us, and then there used to be, like, six of us. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Because all these young staff writers are getting on, but then they're never coming back again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and most of them never get to go to the set. They were always working on these shows that never, you know, let them produce or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we were starting to have that conversation. So let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ken was very much, you know, an advocate for that. He... He sent me in a position of you're here to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Not like put me in a position to have to make huge decisions. That's what Mick was there for. Okay. But I got to see how Mick operated on mm-hmm. set, how set runs, who you need to go to for what. Sure. Because, you know, I had never had that opportunity before. Mm-hmm. And it was and I went through all of prep and handled all those meetings. So um, it's incredibly beneficial, right? You need to know like. When you change, if you're on set and you don't know that changing a line doesn't just affect the actor, but it affects the script supervisor and the Mm -hmm. sound guys, you're just like, you're changing lines left and right, Mm -hmm. not caring that nobody knows, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be there to understand how the process works. 
and um, and what to do when you know there's a crisis or a prop's not right or an actor doesn't want to do something or you know all those things you don't know you people can tell you how they handled it mm-hmm. but you don't know how you're going to react till right, you're there right and 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 let me take it one step further than that the thing that that I always think about is it's supposed to be grooming you to become a showrunner. Yes. If you miss the steps, and you and I both know plenty of people who've worked on shows who are co-EPs who've never yes, really who've been never to been sets. on set. You know what I mean? How do you? How, how are you a co-EP and you've never produced? Yeah. I don't I, get it. I've, you know, I've certainly known people who've been um, close to that level, if not there, mm-hmm. and haven't gone. And it, it, to me, it was a very intimidating thought, right? Sure. Because I went, um, Ironside got canceled on the last day of production of my episode. Sons of bitches. Um, but you know what? It, I have to say, like, if your show's going to get canceled, you want to get canceled like we did because mm-hmm. it was the day before my birthday. They still, like, <laughs> celebrated my birthday. We uh-huh. had a big party on set. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all had a chance to say goodbye to each other. Definitely. And it wasn't like we were off somewhere all mm-hmm. separated, right? So mm-hmm. at least we all got to, like, go out together. Right. Um, but then, so last year I went on Allegiance, which wrote here in L.A. and shot in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and we did not go back for that. Yeah. But at least I had been through the prep process and I had been hands-on with You that. had an so understanding, could, yeah, yeah, sure. So sure. now I understood what it mm-hmm. meant to be in a prep meeting and mm-hmm. when to speak up and when not to and that right. kind of thing. And then I was able to cover some prep meetings for my EPs when they were busy doing other stuff because okay. I had already, I, they knew I understood how that process mm-hmm. worked. Um, and then on this show, on Mysteries of Laura, which I'm on now, um, when we first came into the season, the lower level writers were not going to set. It was our showrunner and our three co-EPs. Okay. And, you know, we went into the situation and that's what it was. And then um, at 20 weeks, one of our co-EPs uh, moved on to another show. Mm-hmm. And it became a situation of scheduling and, and different things in play. But suddenly there was this opportunity. And I, I love it. Got called in. Uh, you know, I'm always like usually one of the first people in the office because that's just how I roll. And I heard Jeff say, Nicole's not here yet, is she? And his assistant was like, Yeah, she's in her office. <laughs> and so he called me in and he was like, Hey, you want to go to New York? And I was like, Yes, please. I will I will go to New York. Hold on, I got my I got my bag in my office. I'm here. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say okay. this. Okay. It's all right in the car. Okay. Toothbrush, I'm ready to go. I might have bought a new suitcase just in case. <laughs> um and so yeah, so that opportunity presented itself. That's but good. it was part you know, partly because you you come in and you contribute and you're prepared and you show you understand how prep works and mm. all those things so that you give your boss the feeling of, mm-hmm. all right, I think they're going to be okay. And I mean, I was very lucky in my situation. We have a producing director, um, mm-hmm. Mike Smith, who's fantastic. And Mike directed. Every show should have a producing director. Mm-hmm. And they don't, but they yeah. should. And and Mike is great. And Mike directed my episode. So okay, it was good. so nice to not have to deal with like a, a director who doesn't know our show. Mm-hmm. Mike knows it top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Right? And he was such a team player. And, and so it was a really great opportunity for me to go. Let me ask you a question. I noticed... I'm noticing a theme here with the shows you've been on. Do you tend to write those type of genre shows? I, you know, like I even mean, in your pilots, were your pilots in that type of a genre? I or certainly what? have like law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know, cop drama sort mm-hmm. of stuff. I mean, it's I could write that in my sleep. Sure. Um, I, you know, it's not the only thing I write, and I'd love to do something outside of that box at some point. Okay. But I also, my investment is in being a working writer. I heard that. I, <laughs> you know, a girl wants to own a house someday. Okay. Like, and, and I'm one of those people, like, look, I, I am honest about this with folks. I tend to not always like the shows that all the cool kids like. 
Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> That's you, Lisa. <laughs> and you guys are so afraid, much alike. I am not afraid to say it. It's like, right. you know what? It's, hey, there are some things that for other people, and I enjoy it, mm-hmm. that for them, I'm happy for them they found something. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. Right. Yeah. It's That's it exactly, food. right? It's, it's, it's not yeah. that it's bad. It's just not my game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so... Mr. Robot? No. Um, <laughs> right there with you. Um, but I, it's... It, so I love so many different forms of television. And, and one of the things I espouse to younger writers is, look, a show may not be like, I have dreamed my whole life of writing this show. Mm-hmm. But if 15 million people show up to watch that show, you better put 15 it million people, people. Mm-hmm. are coming to see what you wrote. Right. So write it mm-hmm. and write it well and right. enjoy it and be proud of it and don't be like like one of the things one of my favorite people on TV um, I don't know him personally but just work wise it's, it's your Sean, cousin Sean Ryan it's your cousin <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the reasons I love Sean Ryan is that he does not have any of that like you know oh yeah I wrote on Nash Bridges as if it's a bad thing mm-hmm. like he tweeted one day about ordering the box set of Nash Bridges so he could have <laughs> his first written by credit like nice. in oh, his library that's funny. and I'm like yes. and that's how it should be right yeah. whatever shows help you pay your bills and get mm-hmm. you where you need to go like be proud of them and mm-hmm. enjoy them and don't I, I that sort of snobbery in TV amongst TV writers mm-hmm. makes me a little bit crazy. Look, if you yeah. call homeboys from outer space, go ahead and <laughs> own it. <laughs> I was writing on TV, bitches. I okay. was writing on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so that's like I, you know, I'm interested in in working. So I mm-hmm. being able to write a police procedural is a great thing for me because mm-hmm. they exist and they will always exist in True. some form. But you know, like the last pilot that I wrote is like a modern day version of Richard the oh, Third. So okay. it's a very different animal than mm-hmm. you know some of my police stuff. Okay. And, um, so I think it's I always uh, part of the other advice I give people like when they're like, well, I don't know what to write next, and I I always tell them to look at their portfolio, right, mm-hmm. see what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I had written. A lot of female lead stuff, so I decided to write a male lead thing, okay. which was the pilot that yeah, got challenge me, my first two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turned out then I, I wrote like three male lead things, in a row, <laughs> so now I'm going back and writing a female lead okay. thing because I was like, oh wait, like yeah. I, I got a little carried away with that. <laughs> um, and even though they're very different pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have anything. The only thing I had that was sort of lighter in tone was mm-hmm. a castle spec I had written. Okay. So I wrote a pilot that's like if I was going to write. Uh, USA show. I mean, they're going away from that okay, now, yeah, but like yeah. the sort of old school blue skies USA mm-hmm. show, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote that. Okay. Um, so I think it's important. A lot of humor in it. Yeah. And what I, okay. A lot of humor, mm-hmm. you know, two pretty people who are mm-hmm. too, you know, beautiful for work. Okay, I'll star in it for you. I'll do it. I mean. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I like that kind of show. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, the amount of crap I've taken for, like, my deep-seated love of Castle, when it, like, the first few years, people were like, I can't believe you watched that show. And I was like, what about that show would I not love? Yeah. It's two incredibly it's attractive so people. It's so charming. It's cute. Who, it's... like, are totally into each other, mm-hmm. and it's all about when, like, why would It's I moonlighting all show? over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, so it's funny to me when people say that, like, well, I can't believe you like that. And I'm like... Have you met me? What about that? Would I not love? <laughs> that's funny. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of. I would be happy to write something that isn't that, but mm-hmm. if it's writing procedurals is going to keep me working, keep sending yeah, them my keep way. Keep doing I'm that. Fine. But you, the shows you work on are much more. I don't want to say they're soapy procedural in the sense of like 
like NCIS procedural. They're much right. more story character driven yes. as opposed to yes, definitely. You know, the, I mean the case or yeah, something. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yes, and like Allegiance was. I mean, Allegiance was already a little bit out of that box mm-hmm. because it was this, like this family spy thing. Mm-hmm. And even though certainly there was procedure and how are we going to tell the spy part sure, of the right. story, it was more about the effect on the family of okay. this secret coming out and how they were going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that was like part of the the fun with Ironside was that you're dealing with this character who can't run somebody down that's mm-hmm. not the solution sure. to every case he can't go tackle the guy and he has to figure it out show he's a badass right. he's got to find another right. way to solve it mm-hmm. so I, that kind of stuff is fun to me I okay think. all right definitely so what's what's next for you what do you think you know i mean who like, knows what, right? what do you what do you what's your dream what do you want to be um, well, I want to be a showrunner okay. for sure. I Good. mean, I think I, I, it's funny to me. I know writers who don't want to be. Showrunner. I know a bunch of them too. I'm like, what the fuck are you writing TV for? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, to to get to that point where you've created something and mm-hmm. like it's you're managing your vision. I mean, always knowing that you know other people's input will be part of mm-hmm. your vision, right? I actually got to take notes for the showrunner training program for oh, one good. of the sessions. Yeah, and it's a very like. Oh, okay. So, you know, you have this vision of being a showrunner as it's everything I want to do. And mm-hmm. no, it's, you know, there's still <laughs> yeah. suits telling you what they want to do right. and actors who don't want to do things. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to manage all that. Right. But I think I've been very lucky that I've seen people do that well. Mm-hmm. So I've very had good, good training in how to do that. I've seen people do it humanely. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a lot of stories in this business about Ooh, the nightmare uh, showrunners. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I have thankfully not worked for those people. I <laughs> probably will someday, right? Yeah. I mean, you just, that's, just, they're out yeah, there. Yeah. Just how it works. But, you, can't, you can't have every show be yeah, perfect. Yeah, you know? but, you know, to have worked for, for, you know, a group of guys who, A, were invested in having female voices in the room, having, you know, diverse writers mm-hmm. in the that's room. Nice. Who didn't treat us differently yes. because of who we were? Right. It's like you you just gonna come add some extra to what right. we have. Like what yeah. you got, bring it to who, the table. You know, expected mm-hmm. contribution no matter what level sure. you were. Um, I've seen it done in a way that I'm like, okay, like I am taking all these things with me from mm-hmm. job to job to job, mm-hmm. and in the way I try to mentor younger writers coming up, and. Um, so, uh, you know, that's definitely the goal for right now. Like I said, my my goal is just to keep working yeah. and to keep writing. I think, you know, it's been, it was an interesting year for me because I'm working on a feature uh, with one of my former bosses that's still this sort of like paperwork not done thing. So I can't really <laughs> talk about it. I'm just don't worry about it. But it's like. What's it about? I did. Like, <laughs> I had to read like a thousand pages of research and mm-hmm. then write the treatment and then do an outline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm on script right now. And it's like to not work on a pilot mm-hmm. for that long has been very jarring to me. Like I am a person who is mm-hmm. always like, I have my next three pilots planned mm-hmm. and yet I can't get to them because yeah. I'm working well, on See, I got to tell you something. See, this is something Lisa and I talk about all the time. The people like you who are working all the time have that same mentality. They have constantly, as soon as you guys rap, you are right to writing another stuff. script. Yes. Yeah. You're not like totally. off in Hawaii for three weeks. I mean, you yeah. might take a week, yeah. but you right yes. back to yeah. the, you know. In fact, I just yeah. said to someone, like, if I don't, you know, because there's like, we're going to rap at Laura soon mm-hmm. and like, you're, you know, there's meetings, there's whatever, but like, really, my game plan at this point is I'm finishing this feature, I'm going to mm-hmm. take a week and go sit on a beach somewhere, good. and then I'm going to write these pilots that mm-hmm. I have been waiting to write, because, wow. you know, this year at Laura, I was very lucky in that this is a group of people who, who they decided what they thought I was capable of, and, okay. and challenged me to work to that level, okay. so I got to do work 
far, far above staff writer level mm-hmm. at this show. And it was because I, you know, I demonstrated that I had that ability and they were like, well, we know you can handle us. So okay. here you go. That's good. Right. So I co-wrote four episodes. Four episodes. Are you kidding me? Four episodes. As a staff writer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I know. You know that. That's what I'm talking um, about. It's all like team up writing. So I ended I mm-hmm. co-wrote four. You know, I got to go to New York for two weeks and produce wow, an that's episode. Not bad. Um, you know, contributing in the room and contributing, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like one time my co-EP, we were breaking an episode we were writing and she had to go deal with some emergency and she was like, you can keep the room running, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> 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 and she's like, you can keep give, the room give running. Give me the keys yeah, to the like, Yes, you know? bitch, I can do it. it right? And they were like, sure. And we did. And, yeah. you know, we had pitches ready when she came back in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, oh, right, you're trusting me to do this because I've big grown trust. up yes. and I can do a this. big trust. And so that's the... You're, you know, I consider myself incredibly lucky that mm-hmm. I have been with people who were willing to do that. Correct. But um, as as this co-EP likes to say to me, she's like, yes, but you're ready for that. We're not throwing things that you're mm-hmm. not ready for. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I just try to encourage other writers. She's like, right, take every opportunity to yeah. learn what you can so mm-hmm. that when someone says to you, I need you to do this, you understand what that looks like. Okay. You may not have ever done it before, mm-hmm. but I have certainly seen a room run well mm-hmm. and I've seen a room be stuck and how if you can just get one pitch, sometimes that's enough mm-hmm. to make it feel like you've done something, cool. right? is we're stuck, we can't figure any way out, but we have one idea that might fix it. Mm-hmm. And that'll sometimes open the floodgates. Okay. So I try it sounds to like, It sounds like your whole thing is be of service. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know, which is your job as a staffer right. anyway, yes. to make the job easier for your EP. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I've seen people, um, I, I've taken some, I will not lie, I've taken some shit from people mm-hmm. because like I am the person who gets in early, who's usually one of the last people out the door, and part of that's because that's what I was encouraged to do, right? By Carol mm-hmm. and Karen and people who've, you know, seen people succeed mm-hmm. in this business. But part of it's because I learned, it demonstrated to me that because I am the person there, when my bosses need help, You're the first they one. know who to go to. They yeah. know they can come find me. That's right? a good note, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And it's like, and I got to do things that I would not have gotten to do because mm-hmm. I was there. And sometimes that's the key. You just yeah. got to be there. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of us, like, we're always doing something. We can always look busy in our office, <laughs> even if we're out of the room and we're mm-hmm. not doing room work. You can find a way to be busy in sure. your office, even if all you're doing is shoe shopping, mm-hmm. for crying out loud. You can make it look like you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> and just be present and be available and be caught up on where you are so that when someone says, hey, we need to put out a fire, mm-hmm. can you come help me? Mm-hmm. You're like, I didn't start it though. Yeah, nah. you're like, <laughs> it was sure. already burning when right, I was. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just here with a bucket, which I'll Because I honestly think, you know, I heard that and I really think it's the truth. The key to succeeding as a staff writer is that you just, your job is to make everyone else's life easier. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it like it's your job to make the showrunner's life easier, but to me, it's everyone's Everyone, because okay. the more I contribute, to everyone, the more successful we're going to be. Yeah, if I if I know a writer is stuck on something, and I'll go in and be like, "Is there anything I can do mm-hmm. to help? Like, do you need me to to listen to pitches? Do you need a pitch? Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Because no, the whole show gets held up when there's a problem. Yes. So I don't look at other staff writers as competition. <laughs> no, that's their episode. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. it's like, but we all need to succeed. Because mm-hmm. the show's going to stay on here. And we're trying to come back next year. We're trying to come back. So what do you need to do to help you? Yeah. So I try not to look at the other staff writers as competition. They're part of my team. They're part of my family. And and out in the world, right? I I truly believe I only get the jobs I'm meant to get because there's something at this job I need to learn, something yeah. I need to do, whatever. Yeah. So when people get the jobs I really wanted, I'm like, good for you. Go out and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And there's know. there's there's room for you too. Yes. yes, that's what I always have to do. Because yes. trust me, I watch all my friends just continue yes. to <laughs> do shit, and I'm just like, okay, really. You know what? That was theirs. Mm-hmm. There's room for me. There's yes. room, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not to say it doesn't get hard. I think I mentioned to you, I had this whole discussion with um, one of our co-EPs was talking to us mm-hmm. about, you know, we all are getting anxious about wanting to move up in title and all sure. that stuff going out into, you know, staffing season mm-hmm. again. But it's like at a certain point you put yourself in peril, right? Because you've become expensive. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough credits behind you and enough people to sort of speak up for you mm-hmm. they may not think you're worth the money mm-hmm. so she she's the person who said to me like just be focused on working don't let yourself get wrapped up in all that yeah. is it hard for me because people that like your, your ego you still in, have an ego yeah. so yeah. of course sure like people who i was stuff you want to have and in do, yeah. the cbs program were like you know supervising producers mm-hmm. already and it's a little like oh okay but you know, they got an opportunity that allowed them to work their their way to. They've that. been on shows that stayed on. Line. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm you know have gone from show to show to show, but because mm-hmm. of that, I've been now. I've had the process of create a show from scratch. Mm-hmm. You're and getting more skill sets that you can take. Yes, you know? and then on this show, coming back to a returning show finally, mm-hmm. and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What do we have to change? Because you know, we want to be more procedural or funnier or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Even a returning show is making changes usually. Oh, yeah. It's not just a like. Could you learn some shit that happened last did, year, didn't right? you? Because yeah. you guys are usually way ahead of us anyway. Yes. So then by the time you guys come back for season two, you're like, okay, so here's what the audience is responding to. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know right? I mean? Especially like, when you're on social mm-hmm. media and Definitely. people are very, very vocal about those shows and yes. you two being a fan nerd and fandom like, ah, so you kind of know. And it, it, mm-hmm. it must be interesting your take to to go through that being a fan yourself of so many t- you know great TV shows to be on a TV show you know especially when it's coming back you know mm-hmm. how are you how are you like taking all of that in in terms of fan reactions to shows you know i i'm super honest today about my gigantic fangirl nature um i get teased about it a lot but it's great no you stand up and you represent i do i do and i'll be the first to say you know i have been in the room and said on on multiple you know on all of my shows at a certain point and said but i'm telling you as a tv fan Mm -hmm. this is what people are gonna think yes because sometimes we can think as writers we have the greatest idea ever Mm -hmm. but you when you think of how you would feel as if you were watching it right you're like oh like it's not that it won't work, but it needs nuance or it mm-hmm. needs more emotion behind mm-hmm. it. So we don't feel like you were just trying to do some cool writer shit right. and you didn't care how we feel about it. <laughs> and so I think it's super important. And I've I've worked with writers who claim they don't watch television. I don't understand, I don't understand how you watch TV. I don't, I don't understand it. And not watch yeah. TV because part of why I want to do this, right, is that I love television. Mm-hmm. And... My, my, you talk about where do I want to go? Part of my goal for my life in this business mm-hmm. is to still love television. Mm. Because That's I know people who have said, like, oh, in 15 years you're going to be so jaded. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think so, though, because yeah. the fan in me is still so vibrant and mm-hmm. so strong. Like, I may never, you know, I, 
there are shows that I love that I would never get a job on. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't watch them for that. I don't watch them for staffing. I watch them because I love them Mm -hmm. and I know why I love them and I can take that into my world. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like when I tell people I take so much shit for my person of interest, love looping back to that, (laughs) but person of interest is one of the most well plotted network shows I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. There is stuff that they put in place in the first 10 episodes that is still paying off at the end of wow, season that's four. that's hard to do. And, and it is so well done. And I'm like, if you could get past the thing in your head that mm-hmm. says, but it's a procedural on CBS, mm-hmm. and you think you know what that is, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's a whole other creature that CBS was ballsy enough to put on it's the It's super air. smart. Yeah. You know, it's very smart. It's not at all what you think it's going to be when it first starts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I don't fault people for like, well, I watched the first season and it didn't work for me. Fine. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. But when people judge it without having really watched it, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. but you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, right. it is, it's this super complex, really well-written thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, I can say that about The Americans, which is, I think, the best show on television. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, yeah, totally. But I say that about Person of Interest and it gets brushed off mm-hmm. because it's, oh, it's a CBS show. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, oh, it's not really yeah. drives me crazy. <laughs> but, well, on that note. Thank you so much for being yes. here, Nicole. Giving us Thank you for having me. Nicole Levy, y'all. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, look, where can people find you at? Where are you at? Uh, you on I'm Twitter? on Twitter at it's Nicole Cookies. My, With my little cookies. Yes. Still cookies. Why are you trying to eat all my cookies? I'm just checking to see if it's still left <laughs> in the bag. So, it's that crazy spelling, the uh, <laughs> Nisole Cookies. Um, it's my handle on Twitter. Well, and two E's. I, I'm on there fangirling pretty much all the time. So right. you can find me there. I'm going to text my there. mama like, mama, I need you, you to, have to go follow her, and Lisa. call yes. her. No, call down to Mississippi right now and find out our, the, the, the Levy family. And <laughs> they down there in Yazoo. Who are these people? Because you look like one of my aunt, my aunt Jessie and my aunt Mabel down from Yazoo. It's like, look, we need to find out. Yeah, who, when who, we find who, out we're cousins, is. we'll do a follow-up. That's so funny. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> We've had like two or three guests on here. She's like, we might be cousins. No, it's like, you know, a lot of times it's six degrees of separation. And that Yazoo is such a specific place okay. yes. that, you know, a lot of people are related because yeah. it's a small place. So it's mm. like when anyone says Yazoo, my spidey senses are like, <laughs> we might possibly because, yeah. Yeah. And it definitely ain't a big place. No. So Mm-mm. usually if you you know one person there, somehow yeah. there's some family. Because our family, we still own land down there. So yeah. Oh, yeah. mine too? Yeah. So, girl. <laughs> so where you at, Lisa, Lisa, Coach Jane? Well, you know, everybody knows where I am. I'm always on Twitter. <laughs> You know, uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can also find me on... Y'all going to be on Twitter together okay. just going You can in. find Watch. me on, uh, uh, also on Twitter. A lot of times I'm lurking in Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Um, also when um, Graveyard Shift Sisters has her uh, Friday Night Horror, um, I'm always on there too whenever I get a chance to live tweet a lot of the great shows. Also, you can find me on Bitch Flicks. I do a lot of feminist film criticism. Um, my latest piece is up now. It's about Moonface Film Festival. Oh, a lot of you, uh, you know, Prince Star Santana and Sarah Hawkins, and you guys heard that episode a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, and I did a write-up for Bitch Flicks about them and their okay. work and what they're doing. And um, yeah, um, what else am I doing? I don't know. You know, I'm just so busy just writing a lot of stuff. Write it, bitch. <laughs> write it. Write it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got a lot of sci-fi projects and horror stuff I got to get done for some short story collections and things that mm-hmm. are coming out. So it's like I really need to get on the horror. Oh, you got a panel next weekend, don't you? Um, I will be, well, I'm going to be in San Francisco for the Black Comics event okay. that they have, Black Comic Book Fair they're having up mm-hmm. in San Francisco. But uh, next, next couple of months, I will be down in Florida for the IFCA, which is the International... Um, Fantastic in the arts. It's mm-hmm. a big academic sci-fi 
right. thing. So it's all where all the really smart people go. So okay. I would probably well, Nicole, doing, why you ain't over yeah. there? Yeah. I know, right? I'll probably I guess I'm doing a reading or doing one of the panels and stuff. So yeah. I have a lot of convention stuff that's coming up where I'm going to be on some panels. So I'll sure. let you guys be aware so you can come out and say hi to me. Right. And we can argue in person. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what's up. Um, and I got uh, two more episodes of Laura coming up in, uh, in our season. Yes. Um, so we're doing a big two-part episode that starts this Wednesday. Okay. Um, and I uh, worked on the back half of that, so it'll be the following okay. week. But we have uh, Jerry O'Connell and Stalker Channing. Yay. I got to write shit that Stalker, <gasps> Stalker Channing said Channing. out loud. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah. So there's a lot of fun stuff coming Aww. up. So if you guys want to, you know, watch the Mysteries of Laura, I'll be live tweeting. Do you guys live tweeting your yes, show, too? Okay, very good. Oh, so yes. we'll have to catch up. We'll have to jump in there and be yes, like, we do. say hi. Lord, we are crazy on there. <laughs> so uh, Wednesdays, we do uh, 5 o'clock for the East Coast airing mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. 8 o'clock again for the West Are you doing both? Both I, yes. Okay. So I love it. I love it when the, the the staff and the writers like oh, yeah, tweet on the show. Love I love that. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's mm-hmm. so great. That's why I follow the live tweet for uh, Agents of Shield, and it's like oh, hilarious because mm-hmm. they're just like, "Ooh, did you see me kick that guy in the net?" <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you guys. I'm your host Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool, <laughs> and then at uh, Hilliard Guest, you guys can follow us the show. Uh, at Screenwriters RR because Screenwriters Rant Room was too long. Get that a bit? Um, mm. Please go on iTunes, give us a five star review, leave us a comment. We need that shit because we're trying to get up into that top 10 on something. Mm. Yes. Anyway. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and um, um, thank you to all the countries out there. Big, big shout out to England. I was about to say England and the UK. Ain't that a bit? <laughs> 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 to England, Australia, France, uh, Italy. Uh, oh, some parts South Italy. Africa. Yeah. Boy, we are all over the place right now. Germany is a big one. Um, India. India. I'm like, wow, that's cool. India. Um, and of course, the United States. You know, y'all motherfuckers. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. We love you guys. And um, join in with me for 2016. Well, I forgot Don't to say it at the beginning. So on the show, you know how we do it on the rant room. We keep it street. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? 2016. You're supposed to join in, Nicole. Why you Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Ciao. You wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the red room, 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 room.